Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Brown, and today I've got Jonathan Sullivan and my brother Nick in tow. We're going to preview the NFC for the upcoming 2021 NFL season. Fellas, how are we doing? I'm doing well, Ryan. How are you? Great. Nick? I am doing fantastic. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, guys. Ah, Yo, so, GF, how are you doing tonight? Oh, he's not here again. Sorry. Try to get that in. I'm, that's a new thing. Okay. And we're moving on. So, like I said, we're going to be previewing the NFC conference. So, without further ado, let's hop right into it. So, last year in the NFC, we had seven playoff teams due to uh, the COVID protocols. They added an additional wild card team. So you had the four division winners and then three wild card teams instead of two. Uh, so last year, the division winners were the Washington football team out of the NFC East with a fantastic seven and nine record. The Green Bay Packers won the North at 13 and three. The New Orleans Saints took the South at 12 and four. And the Seattle Seahawks took the West at 12 and four as well. And then your wild card teams were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. LA Rams and the Chicago Bears. So let's get into uh, the NFC East. So the last couple of years, the NFC East has been not good. That's putting it mildly. I mean, and I think it's fairly obvious because the Washington football team winning the division at seven and nine just says all you need to know about this division. So let's just let me just get this question out of the way. Do we think the NFC East division winner can actually post an above 500 record this year? Nick? Yeah, I definitely think they can. Um, the Cowboys were just screwed last year because Dak went down. Uh, Dak stays healthy. The Cowboys will definitely finish over 500. How far? That remains to be seen. It depends on their defense, of course. But even the Eagles, like, I think three out of the four teams in this, in this division can probably end with above 500 records. And like I said, it won't be probably very far above 500. Like I could see one of the Eagles or football team, maybe going like a 10 and eight or something, but I think the Cowboys should probably win this division. Uh, I don't know what y'all think, but um, yeah, I, I definitely see some teams finishing above 500 in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I agree on, on the line along the lines of Nick. I, I think at least one team, can finish nine and eight or 10 and seven this year in the NFC East. I, I would be stunned if there's another team uh, that doesn't even crack 500 that wins the division. I, you feel like, I feel like you see that normally like once, like a decade almost, like you had it with the NFC West, like almost a decade ago, then you had it last year and you'll probably see it again in a few years down the line, but I, you're not going to see it in back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some new faces in the NFC East. Uh, you've got Kenny Galladay coming over to the Giants from Detroit. He'll be their number one receiver for sure, but hope it's, he's going to be looking to bounce back after an injury-riddled uh, 2020 campaign. The, the Eagles drafted Devonta Smith, the 2021 Heisman winner, or 2020 Heisman winner. So they'll be looking to get him into the mix alongside Jalen Hurts and try and get things going after a very down year, 4-11-1 last year. Um, and then 
You also have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic is going to be the QB one for the football team as they look to repeat as the division winners. Uh, so I know we kind of already have started to get into it, but what's uh, what's one player to watch from this division that you guys are looking at? Uh, Jonathan, I'll start with you. So one player that I would look at that we haven't mentioned yet um, is running back Saquon Barkley for the Giants. Can this guy stay healthy? Um, you know, he's missed a lot of time last year with the torn ACL. The year before, he was also banged up for a good majority of the season. We saw what he did his rookie year. I mean, this guy is the type of talent that can almost single-handedly, you know, win you games when he's, when he's at his best. He's just that good. The question is if he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, then, you know, he makes the Giants a lot better than they're probably going to be. They're probably not going to be that good this year, sadly, for them. But he's a player that can make that team, you know, from – is it crazy to think that he could make a team go from – they were 6-10 and 10 last year or 6-10 and yeah six and 10 last year. He could m- turn them, you know, you add the extra game. He get them to, you know, 9-8 and eight maybe because he's like – he's really that good of a player. And as we said, this division isn't that strong. So who knows? Nine and eight could, could get you, could win for all we know. Nick. Uh, well, first of all, you said uh, giants or you don't think the giants are going to be good this year. Sadly, uh, I would say the giants are not going to be good this year happily, but uh, nonetheless, uh, for me, all eyes are on Dak Prescott who is still struggling with other lingering injuries, not related to the injury suffered last year that ended his season. Uh, this team revolves around Dak. I mean, they need him to be healthy and playing at the same level that he was showing that he could play at last year and a little before that even too. Uh, and because without him, you saw how awful that they were uh, with Andy Dalton behind center. So uh, he's going to have a humongous influence on the, uh, that, the success of the Cowboys team and in turn is going to affect their success over the whole course of the season. Uh, for me, I think it's, it's got to be Chase Young. Obviously, he had a very good rookie season, seven and a half sacks, forced four fumbles, only uh, 44 tackles. But when you're that kind of an edge rusher, loading up on the on the tackles isn't exactly what to pay you for uh, but I want to see if he can really take another leap in his sophomore year uh, maybe push for double digit sacks perhaps even put himself in the conversation for defensive player of the year who knows but he was an absolute beast last year for the football team and I think there's a decent shot that he could take his game another level this upcoming year And if so, he could be uh, one of the best defensive players in the league. And that's crazy to say for someone who's only got a year of experience in the league under his belt. Uh, So let's let's talk NFC North now. Uh, The Packers kind of ran away with the division last year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the saga in the offseason, will he stay, will he go? Uh, They were able to talk him into sticking around for one more year. They had to bring in his... Good old pal Randall Cobb back as part of that agreement. Uh, but the Packers look to be the favorites again yet uh, in the NFC North. So the question I'll pose to you is who, if anyone, of the other three teams in the division can challenge the Packers? Nick? 
Yeah, I I really don't know if anybody can. Uh, it's definitely not going to be Detroit. That's one thing for sure. Uh, sadly, they're going to stink with Jared Goff. Um, I mean, it really would come down to Chicago and Minnesota. And quite honestly, I really don't see either of them posing much of a threat to Green Bay. Justin Fields has looked fantastic in the preseason, but, you know, he's going to need to put it together in the regular season consistently. And they have some other question marks. They, I don't love their offensive uh, weapons. You know, Montgomery is a decent running back, and Allen Robinson had a great season last year. But outside of those two, uh, I don't really know how much he's working with and whether it's going to be enough to really compete with Green Bay. So uh, right now, I, I think this is Green Bay's division to lose, and I don't really think they have a lot uh, going against them as far as Chicago and Minnesota uh, and if you even want to consider Detroit really uh, coming from behind to try and take it away from them. Jonathan. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with what Nick said for the most part, Detroit honestly might be, they should be looking at a top three pick next year. They're going to be awful this year. And then Chicago, it, it seems like they've already came out and said Andy Dalton is a week one starter. So they're clearly taking Justin Fields slow They're This is basically, it's almost like they're just punting on this year. They want to get the rookie up to speed. This is this is like what the Kansas City did like with Patrick Mahomes is what they want to do with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields and just really just say we're not gonna we're gonna try to win some games, but we're not really gonna try to compete this year. This is all about the future and this is just a year. So the Vikings is the team that I think if anyone can can surprise and win the division is the Vikings. The problem with the Vikings is Kirk Cousins isn't that good. They're Justin Jefferson needs to take another leap. Dalvin Cook needs to stay as good as he is. But the Vikings, if like one of the coaches or something or one of the players uh, test positive for COVID, like the whole, like half their team is going to have to sit out because they're the least vax team in the whole NFL. So they're, they're already have, and they most certainly will. Um, guys will miss games on this, on their team due to COVID this season. No doubt. Yeah, and that's just not what you want to see from just a overall league competitive standpoint. It, we saw how that affected the Denver Broncos when they lost their entire QB death chart to COVID for that one game, and they literally had to start some practice squad wide receiver at quarterback, and that game was an absolute shit show. So hopefully the teams can get their act together. Um, but like you said, there are a couple of outliers that may kind of throw a wrench in the league's plans uh, COVID-wise. So hopefully that's not the case and we won't have to worry about that. Uh, let's talk about the new faces in the NFC North. Uh, I mean, the Packers pretty much brought back the gist of their team. So not a whole lot has changed there, but a lot has changed with the Bears QB uh, quarterback room. You've got Andy Dalton, of all people, as the starting quarterback until presumably Justin Fields, who they drafted in the first round this year uh, at pick number 10 or 11. 11. Uh, as the presumptive uh, here to the throne for the quarterback room. Uh, it, they just, I mean, he could probably start day one, but he, I don't think they want to rush it, th things there. So, Remains to be seen when Justin Fields will take the field for the Chicago Bears, but you, you got to think that, that Andy Dalton is just holding, uh, keeping the seat warm for him. And then 
you've got you had the offseason trade between with the between the Detroit Lions and the LA Rams. Stafford going to LA, which means Jared Goff came back to Detroit. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how Jared Goff operates without Sean McVay in his ear to help direct him and direct the offense. Uh, I'm actually interested to see how well or not so well he does with the Lions, who have a very much revamped wide receiver core, and I don't mean that in a good way. Um, so let's talk about players to watch. Um, what's one player, Jonathan, that you're watching in the NFC North? The player that I'm watching in the NFC North is my guy. I'm high on this guy. People are going to get mad when I say it. But my guy, Randall Cobb, he's back in the NFC North. New face, comes over from Houston. He's going to have a renaissance year this year. He's Aaron Rodgers' clear number two target. Green Bay went out and traded for him because, as we know, they had that huge you know, fight, fight with Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. Some people thought he was going to retire, you know, demand a trade, go host Jeopardy, whatever. Um, and now he's got, his, he's got his old friend back. And I think they got one more show. This is Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. Um, it seems as though everyone's came to that conclusion, the way his contract is made up now. Um, so behind Devontae Adams, someone's going to have to – someone can fill the spot for number two from the MVP last year. And that was going to be Randall Cobb. He's going to have a big year. And uh, he's going to surprise me. Nick? Well, aside from the obvious Justin Fields, I feel like he's the easy answer. But a guy that I'm looking for, uh, or at least looking forward to see how he gels at his new team is uh, Jamal Williams, you know, backup for Aaron Jones last year in that room. Obviously, A.J. Dillon was there in Green Bay, too. But he's a guy who saw a lot of success in the backfield as a pass catcher. And when Aaron Jones was hurt, also saw success on the ground, uh, actually running the ball. Uh, Now he's got himself in a little better of an opportunity. He's got to compete with DeAndre Swift in Detroit, but – I'm sure he'll get his opportunities. And he was a guy I was expecting maybe to go to a team uh, that needed a back to actually start kind of like a Denver Broncos could have seen him even gotten more touches there, but nonetheless, uh, Jamal Williams has some really good talent, really swept on talent right under the radar. And now, like I said, going up uh, with, in, you know, touches with DeAndre Swift, We'll be interesting to see how he fares there in a team that's probably going to be tanking this year, as we've already said. So we'll see what Jamal Williams does from a fantasy and just a real life standpoint. Yep. I definitely agree with you on that one. For me, I think it's Justin Jefferson. First two games of his rookie season, he really didn't do a heck of a lot, but then the training wheels kind of came off and he exploded onto the scene and finished with 88 catches for 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, and it was, it was just crazy to see him just kind of come out of nowhere sort of, and just produce the kind of numbers that he did for the Vikings in a run-first scheme uh, on a, with all the carries that Dalvin Cook can handle. Um, but I want to see if he can put up those kind of same numbers or even top them this year. Uh, so – I guess I'm very curious to see how these second-year players are going to be doing in the NFL, if you couldn't tell. Um, we can go to the NFC South. 
where the Saints will be looking to repeat as the division winners, but they've got some work cut out for them. Drew Brees is officially retired. Tom, but Tom Brady and the Bucks, your Bucks, are still kicking. The Super Bowl champions will be looking to get back to the postseason, defend the title. Brady's still in tow. He's got all his buddies between Gronk, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, you name it, all the weapons are coming back for net. Um, so I think this is, while it should be a two-team race for this division, um, I'm not going to count out Carolina, at least from a competitive standpoint, uh, because I don't know what kind of quarterback Sam Darnold is outside of the New York Jets football team. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, I do think it's going to come down to the Bucks and the Saints. Uh, Nick, what do you think about the NFC South? Well, Carolina's trash. Sam Darnold stinks. Uh, they're going to suck this year. Um, and Atlanta probably won't be too much better. But you know, you know the deal with Atlanta. They always do this thing where everybody's like, oh, you know, they've got weapons. Well, they just keep losing every weapon they have. They lost Julio. They, so they got Calvin Ridley and, you know, a guy like Russell Gage, who's kind of a sneaky little sleeper fantasy pick, by the way. Shout out to our last pod. Go check out what I said about him on there. Um, but they have no Todd Gurley, Mike Davis taking over Atlanta. I don't know. That seems very shaky to me. And Matt Ryan's on the outs of his career. So I'm really looking forward to seeing my Bucks take over that division and really take a, a hard grip on the top seed in that division as they should. Like you said, no more Drew Brees in New Orleans. Jameis Winston, though, kind of playing like a superhero. That LASIK surgery really going to change his career, like I've been saying for a while. Uh, Jameis Winston is going to have a pretty successful season in New Orleans, if I had to take any guess. Uh, Marquez Callaway going to be a nice little sneaky pick. He should be a great receiver for them uh, to back up, hopefully, a healthy Michael Thomas whenever he gets around to figure out how to not be hurt and actually stepping onto the football field consistently. But yeah, pretty much the idea here is the Bucs should win this division. Tom Brady and the Bucs, Super Bowl champions. Hope they get back to the Super Bowl and, you know, Bucs, Pats, Super Bowl. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Pats. Just kidding, Bucs. Ask me in February, please. Jonathan? Um, this is the Bucks division to lose. There's no doubt about it. Um, it, it's a, it would be a shame if, if mine and Nick's Bucks do not go six and zero in the division this year, because Carolina is weak. Atlanta. I mentioned Detroit is going to be competing for like the number one pick Atlanta, I think is also going to be competing with Detroit for a number one pick. They're going to stink this year. And New Orleans is yes. Uh, Jameis looks like he might be okay, but. Who is he like Marquez Callaway? He's a second year undrafted rookie. He's my guy. I got him in fantasy. But behind Kamara, who's he got? Like Michael Taz is gonna miss the whole year again, basically, because he can't get healthy. Traquan Smith is a fraud. And they got like nothing else. Adam Trotman, he's trash. So he, who's he gonna be throwing the ball to? So I got no faith in New Orleans to put up like enough points to compete with the Bucs because the Bucs are the best offense and the best defense in football. They're gonna be nasty. 15 and two at least this year for the Bucks. No Bucks. <laughs> oh, okay. That's that's a 
I I'm not even sure if that's a bold prediction. I think it is, but given their division, I suppose that's not too too spicy of a take. And the fact that they're the defending Super Bowl champions, nonetheless, um, we did start to talk about the the new guys in the division, uh, Sam Darnold being the big one, uh, being traded from the Jets to the Panthers. We'll see if he can. Uh, work things out with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore down in Carolina. And uh, like Nick said, Mike Davis down in Atlanta, he had a really good year filling in for Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers last year. Now he gets the starting gig in Atlanta on a team that is going to have a lot of garbage time offense. So could, if he can uh, reproduce those numbers from last year, he could definitely uh, make an impact for the Falcons, although I don't know if that'll necessarily correlate to wins and lot uh, like you guys have been saying. So, who's the one player in the NFC South that you guys are looking forward to watching this season? Jonathan, I'll start with you. I'm looking forward to watch uh, Atlanta Falcons' new rookie tight end, Kyle Pitts. Um, I can't recall. I might be wrong here, but I cannot recall in my lifetime a tight end going that high in the draft, at least at least from since I've been watching the NFL draft. So this guy, as you mentioned, Atlanta's going to have a lot of garbage time. He steps in right away, second option in their offense behind Calvin Ridley. And he's supposed to be just, you know, this hybrid, like a, a tight end size that basically plays like a wide receiver, like a mismatch nightmare if you put him on the linebacker or whatever. And I'm excited to see if he's uh, if he lives up to the hype or if he's a fraud, Sandler. Nick. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a very exciting pick here, but uh, I'm I'm looking at James Winston all the way, man. Uh, he looked pretty solid in the preseason. Talked about him a little bit already, but uh, finally getting a starting position again in the NFL. Uh, that's who I'm looking for. That is absolutely who I'm going to be watching, uh, and over anybody else not named the Bucks. That'll be the one thing I'll probably follow out of this division because I think this division's kind of trash. So uh, my eyes will be on Jameis Winston uh, among all the other Bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of same here, man. Jameis Winston has to be the guy to watch in this division. I mean, he was just an electric factory in Tampa with just his willingness to take chances and risks, uh, airing out the ball. I mean, the last time he was a starter, he had 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. I mean, I'm very much intrigued to see if the Saints let him be the type of quarterback that was just airing it out constantly on deep balls uh, with the Bucs or if they try and kind of fit him to their mold of more kind of conservative uh, passing attack that Drew Brees led in previous seasons. So, I'm with you there. Jameis Winston's got to be the guy to watch in this division. And lastly, that leaves us with the NFC West, where the Seahawks will be looking to repeat as the division winners. Uh, I think this is probably the most competitive division in the NFC. I think a case can be made for the NFC East just because the teams are all kind of jumbled together, even though they they last year they had kind of crappy records. But I think from a competitive standpoint, the NFC West is definitely the toughest division in this conference. The Rams with a new quarterback and Matt Stafford, who many think will be able to get them back 
at least headed in the direction of a Super Bowl with that defense still intact. You got another year under the belt for Kyler Murray with Arizona. And then what will the 49ers be this year? I mean, they draft Trey Lance in the first round. How long does Jimmy G keep the starting gig there in San Fran? So a lot of questions in this division and all of those contests are going to be grinds to say the least. Um, But when you look at the NFC West, uh, Jonathan, what comes to mind first? Well, you mentioned how, um, you know, competitive this division is. I think all four of these teams have the potential to have a, a winning record this year. You know, Arizona, this is year three of Kyler Murray. This is when he's supposed to take the jump. Um, the Rams has brought over Matthew Stafford, who they view as a, as a big upgrade to Jared Goff, judging by the amount of picks that they gave up to Detroit to get him. So they're looking to make a move. Uh, um, San Francisco is in a similar position to Chicago, where I think they're just kind of playing the year and just hoping for um, the future. But let's not forget that they're only two years removed from going to the Super Bowl. And Seattle got Russell Wilson, one of the game's best quarterbacks. You cannot afford to take a season off with him. You have to maximize every season you can get because he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So all four of these teams have real reason to be excited. And at least the top three that you mentioned, other than maybe San Francisco, you can say, should have real playoff and division title aspirations. Nick? Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what Jonathan said. Um, definitely in the most competitive division, uh, especially NFC at least. Uh, Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, they're going to be back. They have a lot of the same crew. Uh, really, only San Francisco has an interesting uh, storyline because I know Matt Stafford's in La, uh, Los Angeles for the Rams, but uh, – we kind of know what to expect with Stafford. And so, and I think you can kind of bank on the Rams having some pretty good success. The only question mark I'd say there is a running game. Now they just acquired Sony Michelle from the Patriots. How many looks will he get versus Daryl Henderson? That might be one thing I suppose to actually keep an eye on. So maybe I just already gave away my pick on what I'm looking for. So you could kind of skip me over, I suppose, uh, for that question. But this will be a really fun division to watch, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if whoever makes it to the Super Bowl comes out of this division. Hmm. Uh, let's see. So we've already talked about some of the new faces uh, that are going to be in the NFC West this year. Uh, I think Matt Stafford is obviously the big name coming over in that trade. But, I mean, you've also got A.J. Green I know it's kind of the carcass of A.J. Green at this point, but it, it's still A.J. Green nonetheless. We he's know bound to get turf toe. I mean, yes, he's <laughs> bound to get hurt, but um, he's also my player to watch in this division, and that's because if, if the Cardinals can get anything close to the player that A.J. Green used to be, I mean, and you're pairing that up with DeAndre Hopkins I, alongside Kyler Murray. You bring in James Conner to tag team with Chase Edmonds. I mean, that's a loaded offense, just loaded. Um, so if they can figure things out on defense, uh, I definitely think this is a team that could push for the playoffs. They were close last year. They lost on a tiebreaker. But I think this could be the year that, that they kind of 
get back into the playoffs. And I think AJ Green could be a factor as to whether or not that actually happens. So Nick, who's going to be your player to watch in the NFC West? Well, like I told you, it gave you a sneak peek. Uh, it, it might have given you a different answer, but based off the trade, I'm keeping my eye on Sony Michelle. Uh, like I was talking about before, who's going to get the bulk of touches? Who's going to have more success in this offense? I think Daryl Henderson is a little more versatile, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – and plus, I mean, he's been in the system before, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of leads that. But if he struggles at all, like you saw last year with the likes of Malcolm Brown and another name that they had in that, uh, that system that I forget. Say the third running back, if you guys think of it, obviously just shout it out, but Joe. Uh, definitely not Joe, but good guess. But regardless, um, I think if Daryl Henderson struggles in, in the least bit, Sonny Michelle is going to be able to have a chance to take over the bulk of that load there. So a nice little uh, – the Rams are going to be a very interesting team to watch because like, like we've talked about with Stafford and Michelle coming in, uh, we'll see how they fare. And I, like I said, personally, I think they'll do great. Um, but other than that, um, not really, uh, too much else to <coughs> be surprised about this division. I expect really good football from all the teams involved and maybe Trey Lance getting in the starter position will probably be about it. Jonathan. All right, so first, I just want to say, Nick, I think who you were thinking of was your guy that popped at the end of the season there, Cam Akers. He's out yep. for the year. Yeah, um, I think he tore his Achilles, so he's out for the year. So that's why they obviously yeah. have running back Shout uh, out. controversy. Out but my pick for who I'm watching is a little under the radar, kind of similar to Nick's. This is a guy that uh, changed in division, and that's new Seattle tight end Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett is a guy, when he was on the Rams, like I feel like he would – He'd have some games where he did like nothing. And then some games he'd look good. Like he's, he's got a sneaky, like really athletic, like frame for a tight end. He's not like your big traditional tight end. He's more like a John U. Smith, Aaron Hernandez rip uh, type like body. And, you know, Russell Wilson's going to, going to be hucking the ball around. And I've always felt like Seattle, like should have like a good tight end. Like they had Jimmy Graham for a while, but he never really like, was as good as they thought he was going to be from when he was in new Orleans. And I feel like they've had, they haven't had a tight end in like years. They had like the corpse of Greg Olson running around for a few seasons up there and see if he can pop, you know, he's, I think he's finally getting his chance to be a number one, you know, he's kind of constrained by woods, Cooper cup. Uh, and then Tyler Higby at the same position, they were kind of, they kind of split, but now he's the clear number one in Seattle. And I think he's got a chance to break out with uh, Russell Wilson, hucking the ball around a bit now. I didn't even know Gerald Everett was on Seattle, to be honest with you. I guess you don't pay attention, gentlemen. That's a shame. Not to Gerald Everett, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's kind of our divisional breakdown. Uh, but let's go through some odds here. We love we love us some some gambling lines here at Fix and the Talk Sports. So let's talk about win totals. So over under on these numbers. Uh, we'll go through. Uh, each of the divisions, uh, each of the teams, and I'll get your thoughts on whether you think they'll these teams will get over or under their listed odds. Uh, we'll be using odds provided by Pro Bovada. So look, looking back at the NFC East, 
the division winning Washington football team. Their over under is set at eight and a half for this year. Jonathan, you like them to go over or under? I like them to go over. I, I like them at nine wins. I think the, I think they'll get nine. Nine and eight. That's where I like them this year. Ten, uh, it's, it's magic going to help out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, no, I, I think nine, ten wins is about good for them. So this is a good line from uh, from uh, from Pravada. Shout out Pravada. But yeah, um, let's uh, uh, let's roll. Keep rolling on. I like nine, ten wins. Yeah. Real quick, we'll go through the other ones in the NFC East. The Eagles are listed at six and a half. The New York Giants are listed at seven. And the Dallas Cowboys are listed at nine. So Bovada actually lists the Cowboys more or less as the favorite in the NFC East. Uh, what do you, you guys have any thoughts on those three lines? I mean, the yeah. Giants is, is, I would hit the under on the Giants. Seven sounds like a lot for the Giants. Um, just even just watching them tonight when they're playing the Patriots, Daniel Jones, sadly, he stinks. Um, they're not winning more than five five or six games. Um, and I'll just keep going and then Nick can go. Um, nine for the Cowboys. Uh, honestly, I'm, I, my like mind tells me like over because when you look at, on their roster, like they have a lot of good players. But can I call a push? Or do I have to go over under? I mean, what did I tell you the line was? Uh... You said nine even. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go push, by all means, call it a push. All right, I'll call it a push. And then Eagles, uh, six and a half. I'll go over barely. They'll, they'll get seven. Um, I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts, and I'm not sold on their offense at all. I think their offense might be pitiful this year, um, similar to, like, what it was last year. Nick. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I, I thought the Eagles line was a little low. I, I could see them getting you know, a couple more wins, but uh... – but yeah, I mean, like you said, they do have a lot to prove, especially with Jalen Hurts under center for good. Um, yeah, Giants line is ridiculous. They they stink. There's no shot they get to close to seven wins. Uh, I love the Cowboys line. Uh, disagree with the push. I think they go over. Um, I think a lot of teams. And this is like a division that I see a lot of teams hovering around 500, uh, whether it be by like actually 500 exactly like you think uh, Dallas could get close to, but even or like a game or two over, or even three games over. Like I think the Cowboys probably will, but yeah, um, that's a good line. And uh, the giants, they just suck. Yeah. I'm going to go with you, Nick on the over on Dallas. I think 10 wins should be very much feasible. Uh, feasible for the Cowboys, especially if Dak is healthy for most, if not all of the season, uh, the football team at eight and a half, I think I'm actually going to go under. I'd like them to be around eight, and nine, somewhere hovering there. Um, I'll go with the under on the giants on seven. Um, I don't see it with this team either. I think they're probably the seller team in this division. I actually like the over on the Eagles. I think they will be right around seven and 10. Um, I'm not saying that I think Jalen Hurts is going to make this team all of a sudden a playoff team, but I think he can at least push them to be more competitive, get them a couple more wins than last year. So now we'll move over to the NFC North. 
Green Bay is listed at 10. That's an interesting number. Um, we'll, and then we've got the Chicago Bears listed at seven and a half, the Minnesota Vikings at nine, and then the Detroit Lions at four and a half. So, Nick, what are your thoughts on those numbers? Well, Detroit's spot on. Uh, I, I think uh, Minnesota is probably around correct as well. Uh, Green Bay, I think, is a little low, man. Only 10 for them is, uh, seems a little low. I'm definitely uh, hammering the over on that Green Bay line. Uh, r- remind me, what was Chicago again? What were they, around seven and a half? Yep. Um, yeah, that's – I would stay away from the Chicago line because that could be – I mean, if Justin Fields, they find success with him getting him in the line, that be, could be – an easy over, but at the same time, if he, he starts out a little slow, uh, I mean, that could, that line could be almost too high. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I would stay away from the Chicago line. I would hammer the green Bay over, uh, the rest of them are pretty solid, like pretty close to being exactly where they think they should be. Uh, so, I mean, if you're playing the game of which line to pick, I definitely take the green Bay over. Jonathan. Uh, I agree with Nick with the Green Bay over. Uh, they won 13 last year. I don't know why why Bovada thinks they're going to drop off. They're going to be three games – well, more, actually, because you had a game. They're going to be th- more than three games worse than they were last year. I don't see that. Detroit, I'm still taking the under at four and a half. They're going to win four games max. They're probably three and 14. Like just, they're just a terrible, terrible team. Uh, the Bears, I'm actually going to go over. I think they're going to get to eight or nine wins. They're like they're a scrappy team. Like it seems like no matter who plays quarterback for them, they're always they always have games that come down to the wire and they win a couple, they lose a couple. They're going to be right around 500. Like it seems like they are every year. And the Vikings, I'm also going to go under nine because, as I said before, I think they're going to have serious COVID issues because their quarterback is a known. Uh, not vaccinated and neither is some of their other big players. So I think they're going to have serious COVID issues and they're going to miss multiple weeks, uh, you know, for important players. Mm-hmm. I'm with you guys. Green Bay should be an easy over and Detroit at four and a half is definitely an interesting one. I'll take the under with Jonathan as well. Uh, Minnesota at nine. Uh, I, I want to hit that over, but at the same time, I, I find it very hard to trust them given how last year went. And I don't see, they haven't really made a tech of a lot of changes. Um, so personnel wise. So I'm not really sure if I can really see a bounce back season f- for the Vikings. So for that reason, I'll go under and then Chicago. I mean, Nick kind of hit it right on the head. If, if Justin Wilson or Justin Fields gets in, and performs well, comes in like week five and lights it up, that's an easy over. But if they wait a while and Andy Dalton is starting going into like week eight or nine, I mean, seven and a half might be really tough for that. So or, so uh, I'm going to go, uh, if I have to pick one, I'm probably going to just pick the under for Chicago. And then let's move back to the NFC South. 
You got the New Orleans Saints sitting with a over under of nine wins on the season. Tampa Bay is 12. Then you've got Carolina at seven and a half, as are the Falcons. So the Falcons are also seven and a half. Jonathan, thoughts? Okay, the Falcons at seven and a half is egregious. They're, they might win five games at most this season. Hammer the under. Tampa Bay, as I've said before, 15 and two, 14 and three, somewhere in that range. They're going to be cooking. Hammer the over. Carolina also. Nick's a Carolina hater. I know he's probably going to go under seven and a half because he hates Sam Darnold and stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in Carolina. I'm a believer in Matt Rule. <laughs> I'm a believer in the talent they have. They're building something down in Charlotte, and I'm hitting the over on Carolina because they get to feast on Atlanta at least twice a year. And what was what was New Orleans? You said New Orleans is nine. I'm going under there too. I don't think New Orleans is very good. So I'm going under on New Orleans. I don't trust. I just don't think they have enough on offense to put up like Mm. consistent points. Nick, Uh, I mean bet. Put put your house on Carolina under. That's ridiculous. They they're gonna be awful. I don't know why you believe in this fraudulent team. Uh, Atlanta, I could see getting around to that line. That's a solid line. Uh, hammer the under at Carolina. Like I said, they stink. Uh, New Orleans, I'm gonna go over New Orleans. You're a, you're a Jameis Winston hater, sadly, Jonathan, but. Uh, I'm, I'm not a Jameis Winston hater. I'm a New Orleans offensive depth chart hater. Nah, I mean, there. I think you're overreacting a little bit, but it's okay. It's okay. They'll be fine. An undrafted second-year player is their number one wide receiver right now. Yeah, so what? He's, he's nasty. <laughs> I mean, Can't I you... hope so. I have him in fantasy. I hope he's nasty. Wouldn't you say that is sort of the case with New England? Um, well, first off, he's third year, and I would take Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers all over the, the people, uh, at least over Troy Cron Smith. Right. I'm not saying I wouldn't either. I'm just saying it's a similar boat, and they've both got a lot of talent across the board. And I'm sure I know we're not doing the AFC or the Patriots here, but I'm sure you're probably thinking about a, a bounce-back season for the Patriots, no? I am, but you also have to factor in they have – I understand New Orleans has a nice running back in Alvin Kamara, but the Patriots also have the two tight ends. Don't sleep on John U. Smith and Hunter Henry. New Orleans is not running those type of talents out at tight end. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, for me on the NFC South lines, uh, I'm, I'm with Nick on the Saints. I'm over. Definitely hitting over on New Orleans. I think they just have too much talent around. Yes, there are question marks at some of at wide receiver and tight end, and you don't know really what you're going to get at Jameis at quarterback, but that defense is still loaded. And if you can get Michael Thomas back playing the way of his dominant self, 2019 version of himself, I don't see any reason why they can't be a wild card team. Uh, so I'd hit the over there. Uh, I'm with Jonathan on the Carolina and Atlanta lines. Yeah. I, I take the over on Carolina and under on Atlanta. I really think Carolina is like a 500 ball club. So seven and a half should be definitely good for an over. Whereas Atlanta, they might have the talent, but they don't know how to win. 
And it, ever since that epic Super Bowl collapse, they just do not understand how to win football games anymore. So definitely hammer the under there. And with Tampa Bay, 12 wins would mean 12 and five. I mean, I think that's definitely doable. And so I'm, I'm going to go over because I think that while last year, yes, they went 11 and five. I think that with another year uh, with Brady in the, in the system and getting uh, chemistry with the guys there, I think this could turn into a dominant season in Tampa Bay. Uh, And then finally back to the NFC West, you've got Seattle uh, pegged with a over under of 10 for wins on the season, San Francisco, and the LA Rams actually sit at 10 and a half. And then you've got Arizona at eight and a half. Interesting lines there. Uh, Jonathan, what do you think about those? So I like the over on Arizona, eight and a half. Um, I think that Kyler Murray is going to take a leap this year. Um, as I mentioned previously, I think Hopkins in his second year. Although I am worried about their their running backs, um, and then sorry, I, I I you came in fuzzy for me for a second. Can you read the other lines for a sec? Yeah, of course. So the Rams and the Niners are both ten and a half, and then you've got uh, Seattle at ten. Okay, so I'm taking the over on Seattle. I think that they can get. Or push over or push. I think they can get to ten. They ten. I I agree. Is their is I would consider their floor, their ceiling. I would put around like twelve or thirteen. So I guess I'll take the over on that. Um, San Francisco. I'm going to take the under because Jimmy G is a game manager. Everyone gets hurt in San Francisco. I think that they had a rough year last year with all their injuries. I know they got like George Kittle back. They got a good. They got a really good running game, but. I just I can't see them winning. They'd have to hit eleven games to hit that over. I just I don't see that happening, especially in the division they play in. Though they're gonna, this is gonna be tough for these teams to hit the over for all of them because they're just gonna kill each other in the division games. They're just beat up on each other, you know, in those six games when they play against each other because there's no layups for sure. And um, with the Rams, I'll go over though. I think similar to Seattle, they're they're the top two teams in the division, and I like. I like them for the same reason I said Seattle. I think at most they can get to like 12 or 13 wins, but I like them around 10 or 11. So uh, I'm going to go over uh, the 10 and a half for the Rams. Nick? Yeah, I don't really have much to add. I actually agree with all of his picks. Arizona's line's super low. Uh, I think actually the majority of these lines are are super low, except for uh, San Francisco's, which I think is a little high. So um, yeah, I'm really just – I'm. I'm backing Jonathan on these picks instead of fading him like I have been in most of the other divisions. Yeah, I wish I could uh, disagree, but honestly, I can't. I I like the the Rams to hit over, get to 11 or 12 wins. I like the Seattle Seahawks to get to that number as well, so I've got the over on both of them. Arizona should be pushing for the playoffs, should be a 9-10 win team, uh, I think. So I'd take the over on that as well. And then 
I, I guess Bovada thinks that the Niners are going to get back to that Super Bowl team uh, in terms of win numbers. So, uh, but I, I, I need to see it first before I can really believe it. So I'm also under on San Francisco. Uh, and so last but not least, we will, it's time to make our predictions for the season, pick some division winners, wildcard teams, and who we think is going to advance out of the NFC to the Super Bowl. So, Nick, who do you have winning the four divisions? And then give me your three wildcard teams. All right, let's see. From the south, I got the Bucs. Uh, in the west, I am going to go Seahawks. In the north, I'll go Packers. In the east, I'll go Cowboys. I think the wild card teams will probably be the Rams. Uh, I think probably, um, honestly, the Cardinals. And then I'll say the Saints take the last spot. Um do you, do you want me to like what? What do you want after this? Like this, the, who makes it to the Super Bowl or like what? You you can hold off on that one, Jonathan. Give me your division winners and your wild card teams. So from the NFC East, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say the football team actually repeats. I, I like what they're building on defense. Fitzmagic, the game manager, I think is good enough to to pull out some wins, um, potentially give them a double digit win total. The South, I think that's obvious, the Bucks. The North, I think that's also obvious, the Packers. And then I'm going to go Rams over Seahawks in the West. I think that's going to be very close, but I do like the addition of Stafford. I think is really going to help the Rams. And they're, they're just more, I think, all-around talented than the Seahawks, like if you were to roster to roster. So that's why I'm going with the Rams over Seahawks. But Seahawks would be my first wild card. Uh, followed by the Cardinals, so that's that's gonna be a good division, obviously, as we mentioned. And then I got the Cowboys um, as the last wild card team in there. I think with Dak back, they should be good enough to, you know, get to like nine wins, and I think nine and eight uh, should probably get you a wild card. So I've got the Cowboys winning the NFC East. It feels like I pick the Cowboys every year, seemingly to pick the NFC East, and then they find some way to mess it up and either be, be a wildcard team or just fall out of the playoffs altogether. Uh, but that's still the most talented team in the division, and a healthy deck should mean a division title for the Cowboys. Um, I am in agreement with you guys. Packers in the north, uh, Bucks in the south, those should be two shoe-ins. And then in the NFC Wheat, NFC West, rather. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks over the Rams, but I do have the Rams as my first wild card team. And then I've got New Orleans as the second wild card team. I think they've still got enough talent to be a wild card team. And then Arizona would be my last wild card team. And so finally, we'll give our NFC champions. So, Jonathan, who do you have coming out of the NFC advancing to the Super Bowl? And if you would like, you can say whether or not you think that team will go on to win the Super Bowl. Okay, so uh, coming out of the NFC, I have the defending NFC champions. That would be uh, my R Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by the GOAT, Tom Brady, completely stacked on offense and defense. Nothing can stop them. They're a complete wagon. And yes, they are going to win the Super Bowl when they get there against either Kansas City, 
um, or Buffalo or Baltimore, or whatever name, insert AFC team, uh, they're winning the Super Bowl again happily. Nick, are you uh, going to piggyback him? Yeah, do I even need to say anything else? I mean, you know, I'm a Bucks rider. I'm, I'm not good. I'm not going with anybody else. Yeah, I figured as much. And also for the repeat. I can't believe you had to ask me that question. I need I need to hear it on the record, but like all right, all right. on the record, yeah, of course. Bucks are repeating. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Patriots are idiots for not doing better to keep them. Uh and I just I I love Tampa Bay Buccaneers football, baby. So I this is where I'm actually gonna differ from you guys. I uh yours playing devil's advocate. Don't worry. Hater. Oh, no, no. Hater. No. You're just you're just trying to draw up ratings. I I know, Ryan. I know. Yep. Just trying to get clicks. He's yep. clicking. Yep. Just doing my best, Max Kellerman, guys. That's yep. why I'm here. Only reason why I'm here hosting the show. Uh I think this has to be Green Bay's time. And I'm not saying that because I think they're the most talented team in the NFC. I just think they're the most desperate team in the NFC with Aaron Rodgers seemingly going to leave next year. And who knows if Devonte Adams will sign uh, an extension with them afterwards. Uh, I think it's now or never for green Bay. They were the number one seed last year. And then they choked in the playoffs to the bucks who went on to eventually win it all. I think you'll get a rematch between those two teams. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be out to prove that he can indeed hang with Tom Brady in the playoffs. And he's going to go on and lead the Packers to the Super Bowl. But I think he'll fall short of the championship. So I think that's going to do it here. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts on the NFC before we call it a wrap? Go Bucks. Go Bucks. All right. And so for my brother, Nick and Jonathan, I am Ryan Brown, and we will see you next time.